The thing about the home and auto bundle from Progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the home and auto bundle from Progressive. We don't even need the words the home and auto bundle anymore to tell you that you could save big with a ring-tailed lemur from Progressive or that every hot peach cobbler comes with round-the-clock service and protection. And that's the thing about the goat with magic powers. You've heard a lot of ads about the sushi in Vancouver. See how much you could save with the home and auto bundle. <clears throat> with the Shaman in the Jungle from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back. We've had an amazing summer break and we hope you missed us because we really miss doing the podcast. What say Kunal? <laughs> Oh yes, absolutely. I so missed talking about Formula 1. Although I kept talking about Formula 1 just that we didn't put it on live. And I must thank Andy, Benjamin and Anshul for all writing in and letting us know that you missed us. At least this way we know that someone listens to us. <laughs> and Lucien, we really hope your album launch was fun. Fighting spirit is what it's called if people are curious and want to listen in. We're definitely going to tune in. But this week we have a very very jam-packed podcast for you all. So we have so much to talk about. We have the amazing Belgian Grand Prix. We have Nico Rosberg's victory, Hamilton's overhyped resurgence. <laughs> I'm going to get some flack for that. Max Verstappen and his so-called worrying moves. You'll probably get more flack for that. Oh. <laughs> of course, Ferrari's struggle, Ricardo's amazing performance. I'm saying amazing too much, but it really was awesome. And uh, you know, since we were away for nearly 4 weeks, there is so much more to actually talk about. We even look forward to the upcoming Italian Grand Prix in Monza. also called the temple of speed probably the only temple i'd ever go to in my life <laughs> and uh, finally yes our most exciting part all the news from the last month and our hilariously funny take on them so why don't we just get started yeah so it was very lucky that the belgian grand prix was exciting and exciting is an understatement here because we've seen in the past that even the most iconic circuits can actually deliver flop races And you know, worryingly enough, Kunal had Spa been a normal race, the Pirelli tyres were threatening to make Spa a dud. To be honest, and well, that's Spa for you, though. There's always some mayhem, if not a lot of mayhem. <laughs> a lot of Max Verstappen is on the grid for sure. Also, this was where Michael Schumacher debuted 25 years ago. We will repeat this statistic next year by saying this is where he debuted 26 years ago. <laughs> It was also where he clinched his first ever Formula One win, and uh, actually that seems really apt, you know. But ironically, I'm going to refer to a very good article that Graham from Talking About F1 wrote about, where he said that you know when Schumacher made his debut, he wasn't actually on Formula One's radar. So. I'm going to let you read this article. I think it was posted on our Facebook page. Why don't you just go see Inside Line F1 podcast on Facebook and you'll find the link there. Kunal, I just figured out why Spa is your favorite race track. <laughs> the Michael Schumacher connection, of course. <laughs> But Spa was Nico Rosberg's 20th race victory ever. And that puts him on equal footing with Hakkinen and Raikkonen, you know, two great legends. Does Nico Rosberg have the same legacy? Well, I think not. Yeah, you know, for some strange reason, it doesn't feel the same to me as well. It was also Nico's first win in Spa, and this is after spending a decade in Formula One. 
but 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 let me remind you and all our listeners we can't and we actually shouldn't judge him on this statistic because fernando alonso also known as the complete most complete driver in formula 1 hasn't one year in 12 years so alonso is yet to win inspire as well although i do believe and i keep wondering did nico rosberg get lucky on sunday because of hamilton's car issues and the answer probably is yes somewhere i mean he had a very easy win and maybe he deserved it mm-hmm. after you know going through a lot of stress in the last few months but yes he probably got lucky lewis hamilton got lucky too though he did drive really well to go from p21 to p3 but let's admit it he was very lucky with the safety car period and of course the red flag that helped him at just the right time but well i think that's what formula 1 is all about sometimes you have to get lucky and i think both the mercedes drivers got lucky in spa very interestingly though that mercedes and hamilton chose spa to take their penalty there was a lot of pre-race chatter from both the driver and the team the funny part for me was that in a 22 car grid hamilton had a 55 place grid penalty i still can't get over <laughs> it but coming back to your question you know was spa the right race for mercedes and hamilton to take a penalty i think the answer is a bold yes mclaren in the race preview said that there is an 80% chance of a safety car period and hence of course it makes sense mm-hmm. and Let me tell you, Mercedes and Hamilton wouldn't leave his drivers' championship chances to a chance. Having said that, was Lewis Hamilton's P21 to P3 a recovery drive, as a lot of people are calling it, worthy for the driver of the day? I really think not. I think a lot of drivers who we'll talk about in the in the coming few minutes did far better a job in Spa. I think Max Verstappen's fans were all at the racetrack so they didn't vote for him as driver of the day. <laughs> But we know that Lewis Hamilton's driver number is 44. Don't you think Kunal that he should have actually won the 44 lap Belgian Grand Prix then since it's his lucky number? <laughs> the drivers championship difference is only 9 points now and I think this is the closest Rosberg and Hamilton have been at the Belgian Grand Prix since Mercedes started dominating in 2014 and you know with six wins each this season this is possibly the most closely fought championship again since 2014 between the Mercedes drivers and i really hope it goes down to the wire touch wood to that Daniel Ricciardo so he finished in P2 and he's really turning out to be a silent performer on the grid you know even as the whole world seems to be going crazy about Max Verstappen ad- admittedly even us <laughs> I think at Spa even Raikkonen and Vettel were crazy at Max Verstappen <laughs> <laughs> they were pissed let's admit it <laughs> Uh, but i must tell you red bull racing would be and are probably already watching ricciardo very closely as well and deep down inside they know that ricciardo's maturity will be needed to lead the team forward for the next few seasons till verstappen actually matures well i'm just happy that ricciardo's maturity has not affected his sense of humor <laughs> he is hilarious So he called uh, he called the bluff on Lewis Hamilton's summer tweet about training every day. Did you see that? <laughs> I absolutely saw it <laughs> and I shared it on our Facebook and, and Google Plus pages as well, you know, spread the humor as as we call it on this podcast. I'm just glad that Mark Webber saw humor in drinking champagne out of his shoe. 
But I must admit, I did not see a lot of humor in Max Verstappen's first corner move on both the Ferraris. Okay. And actually, post-race, he said that he defended this aggressively against Raikkonen and Vettel because they destroyed his car and hence his race. I mean, I don't know if this statement, you know, by saying they ruined my race and such sort of revenge is actually good for him at this stage in his career. Yes, he's refreshing for sure. But he is dangerous too. And I'm not saying that. Toto Wolf said that. And uh, that the FIA stewards aren't pulling him up shouldn't actually be a gauge of his driving skills or his defensive or, you know, attacking skills. Because we all know from past that FIA have been selective and inconsistent. And it's public knowledge actually now. And let's admit his move on Kimi Raikkonen was actually legal. But it was borderline dangerous. I mean, we've all got to admit this. The FIA can't do much to Max Verstappen. After all, he is the crowd puller. And he's the reason why Formula 1 is absolutely in the limelight again. (laughs) The Heineken deal Bernie Ecclestone has given all credit to Max. And yes, the Orange Army in Spa, if... I don't know if there was anyone actually left behind in the Netherlands. I mean... (laughs) Such madness is usually associated with Ferrari and the scarlet colour only. But it's good to know that there is orange and Max Verstappen as well. The Lewis fans are not going to be pleased. (laughs) Uh, Toto Wolff also said that the drivers have been extremely hard on Max Verstappen in the driver's briefing of late. And uh, maybe they'll be harder on him in Monza and maybe that'll make him race harder. And the very fact that he doesn't give respect, I kind of like that. And... I must actually quote Nikki Lauda. And Nikki Lauda said that he is the talent of the century. Let's admit it. But some of his moves are insane. And if he doesn't think so, and if he doesn't think that they're dangerous, he probably needs to go to a psychiatrist. <laughs> and let me tell you, when someone like Nikki Lauda says this, the world takes up and takes notice. And maybe Max in some way should. And uh, very very funnily, Nikki said that if Max is not going to listen, I'm going to go speak to his father. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a teacher complaining to the parent in some way. (laughs) I'm surprised Kimi Raikkonen hasn't said that or done that already. (laughs) But Kimi actually thinks that only an accident will calm Max down. Now that's harsh and let's hope not. And I just remembered, you know, how Kimi was so annoyed with Max and he was too fast for the bleep machine (laughs) to bleep out (laughs) everything he wanted to say. (laughs) And finally, from all the Max Verstappen jokes that we've cracked, The best came from Red Bull Racing's team boss, Christian Horner, who, of course, came out in support of Max and his driving skills. He said that Max should keep away the name of his local accommodation in Monza. You never know what the Ferrari fans could do to you out there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have two more really funny tweets that I read on Max Verstappen over the weekend. So, um, from Pablo Elizade, and we love his uh, Twitter page, Max Verstappen wins... The Bumper Car Driver of the Day Award. (laughs) And Max Verstappen attended the Nico Rosberg School for Right Turns. (laughs) Thank you, fake Charlie Whiting. (laughs) Fake Charlie Whiting. Yet another Twitter handle one should absolutely follow. He is hilarious. Well, the Ferraris had a forgettable race. Vettel's first corner swipe. The question is, was he actually at fault? And both Ferraris had damaged meters after the start. <laughs> they did a Mercedes. 
Well, uh, Vettel might not have been entirely at fault, is my view. And I know a few fans have disagreed with me on Facebook already. But uh, I don't think Vettel had the sight of Verstappen being on Raikkonen's inside. You know, and that's even more so after the replays that I've seen. And uh, you can see that he gave Kimi enough space to make the corner. Okay, but he didn't know that Max was on the inside. Anyway, it damaged a lot of people's Mm -hmm. races. A lot of fans also said that him recovering to finish P6 after that opening lap spin or the first corner spin should have been a driver of the day awardee as well. I somewhat disagree. Okay. And uh, something I read on Twitter, very funny thing, of course, that we had a few cars crash into Ferrari and it seemed like a crash into a Ferrari race at Spa. (laughs) And just to remind everyone, there was Max Verstappen and Romain Grosjean. Who crashed into a Ferrari? <laughs> Technically, Vettel did too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sebastian Vettel also did what only a very few number of drivers can claim to have ever done. He overtook Max Verstappen. <laughs> wow! <laughs> you know what? He should actually have a class, a training class for all the drivers on how to overtake Max Verstappen 101. I think Kimi <laughs> Raikkonen and he would definitely attend. <laughs> Actually, it would be compulsory attendance for him. <laughs> It'll be a part of his 2017 driver contract. <laughs> well, 2017 could just be a very uh, rich year for Force India. They will make a lot more money if they finish fourth, the, the place that they overtook Williams for at the Spa Francorchamps. I think they deserve an applause. Woo! Good job! To be honest, Force India's love affair with Spa is known by all their fans, specifically all the Force India fans. And for everyone who knows that they were my former team and Spa used to always be a special race. And uh, Nico Hulkenberg, I think he was probably robbed of a podium finish because of the safety car in the red flag period. And in my view, he was the driver of the day. He finished his career best fourth. Of course, the podium still eludes him. And... uh, I think overall a brilliant team performance. Sergio Perez, he finished in fifth and they finally beat Williams, a legendary Formula One team. There's been a lot of uh, chatter about Sergio Perez and his future and whether he's going to leave for Sindhya. And I don't think he should leave. Where else will Sergio Perez get a team that's so consistent in the midfield and they've given him a podium winning car on more than one occasion this season? And why should he leave? I mean, I know his sponsors think that he should, but where will he go? I think they're probably interested in Renault because it's a factory team or maybe even Williams because of the legendary status it brings. But guess what? Force India has beaten both these teams this year. And uh, probably a Haas, I'm not sure. I mean, at this moment, given the current form, I am not entirely sure which team can give him a competitive car as Force India. Of course, we don't know 2017 form yet. But let me be honest, I think it's going to be an extremely difficult decision to make, even more so for Sergio Perez. Something also tells me that there is Force India survival at stake here if Perez and his sponsors decide to move. Don't ask me what that something is though. Ouch. You know, Kunal, I think Fernando Alonso going from P22 to P7 is actually more impressive than Hamilton from 21 to the podium. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, we've cracked a lot of jokes about Alonso in the past several months. So just for that, we should clap for him. (laughs) Having said that, I'm going to... 
I'm going to crack yet another joke on Alonso. <laughs> Even. Alonso did what a Honda powered racing car driver should do. Try and overtake in the pit lane. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he was trying out there on Nico Hulkenberg. Glad they both came out unscathed. <laughs> Even more so for Hulkenberg. And uh, there's this whole talk about Alonso quitting someday soon, going to Lamar, WEC, could be wherever. And uh, possibly with this whole expected Verstappen, Ricciardo, Carlos Sainz era, I wonder if there will be time left for a final flourish uh, for the former world champion. And uh, and guess what? I mean, uh, a very rare gesture, but Hamilton paid respect to Alonso after Spa and he said that... Uh, uh, if Alonso quits, it'll be a loss for Formula 1 and he fears he might just quit. Peer pressure. <laughs> well, if Hamilton's that concerned, he could give up his cockpit and let Alonso race <laughs> in the Mercedes. He, he could have his reunion. Final flourish. <laughs> he could have his reunion with McLaren then. <laughs> well, I'm going to say something I have been dying to say. Pascal Verlein went and butted into Jensen Button in the opening laps of the race. (laughs) Pun unintended. And Kevin Magnussen. What a mad crash. I am so glad he's safe. Thank you, FIA. I mean, it's only because of their relentless pursuit of safety is Formula One so safe now. And uh, although I must say his headrest flying off on impact was very scary. And I don't think... That's how it is by design, which then also lets me tell you that the FIA has probably seen it and already started work on how to fix this safety issue, if at all. There were questions about whether Magnussen would be fit for Monza, though he certainly claims and thinks he will be, or whether Ocon will actually get to fill in his shoes. And if Ocon goes to Renault, does Haryanto get to get back in his car at Manor? <laughs> Big question. Dream reunion for Haryanto. <laughs> and well, here's an expensive fact. Ryu Haryanto paid $13,700 per racing lap with Manor this season. <laughs> that is a lot of money and no wonder his sponsors have run out of money. <laughs> I just think Renault should put Carmen Jorda in the seat. That will be the most popular decision they've made this season. <laughs> so is there anyone else to talk about? Let me just check my notes. While you do that, I'm going to, of course, uh, sneak in a Carlos Sainz Jr. performance of fact. Of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> he went from P14 to P7 on the opening lap. And then he found out that his rear wing wasn't fixed as per the manual. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who bumped into him. (laughs) Well, the opening lap was just so much fun. I think the drivers practiced, you know, on the F1 game in the summer break. (laughs) Lots of fun starts. (laughs) And uh, I want to talk about the engine penalties for Fernando Alonso and Lewis Hamilton. I think the engine penalties as they currently stand are just very academic. We spoke about it. 22 car grid. 55 grid penalty just doesn't match. And uh, what's also a little strange to me is how Hamilton took a disadvantage in one race, but will have an advantage in the other races to follow over Rosberg. You know, so for those who don't know, Hamilton will now have three engines as opposed to Rosberg's two. I don't know what's the solution here. Going back to the 2014 rule where grid penalties were carried over is not the solution. 
maybe a constructors championship points penalty i don't know maybe a financial point penalty i don't know but this will be yet another uh, solution that formula 1 should find and for all those hamilton fans listening who think that hamilton could be disadvantaged in case mercedes brings a new engine i think that's a little far fetched because mercedes hasn't confirmed an upgrade for the season that's interesting kunal but what's also very interesting is some of the fun things we saw happening in the summer break so bernie ecclestone he intends to sell access to formula 1's radio communications and i suspect kimi raikkonen's radio access will have premium pricing attached <laughs> and i am certainly going to subscribe <laughs> i think this is why they've renewed his contract for 2017 <laughs> they will launch a new package for radio communication access with raikkonen as the, the poster em- boy <laughs> I think I would also subscribe to Fernando Alonso's and uh, I think maybe listening to Sebastian Vettel would be like listening to a podcast mid-race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie Ecclestone has also credited Max Verstappen for the Heineken interest in Formula 1 and the deal. Of course, you said this earlier. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what will his commission be because uh, I'm sure there is some commission involved in doing all these deals. <laughs> I know from my past. Uh, will uh, Ecclestone award for Stappen by giving him a seat with Mercedes or probably even better, uh, just a couple of world titles in the coming few years? <laughs> well, Rosberg will finally know what he needs to win that world title. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Nikki Lauda you invite to your wife's ice cream parlor. It's Bernie Ecclestone. <laughs> <laughs> McLaren turned down the 2017 Pirelli tyre test. So basically, now they already have a reason in case they still underperform next year. No <laughs> <laughs> smart work. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I still can't get over Ricciardo's tweet on Lewis Hamilton. And he, by the way, also said that Max Verstappen is a racing nerd. He says things in engineering meetings that Daniel Ricciardo himself has never heard about. <laughs> I, just, I just wonder how many other drivers would praise their teammates this openly it is very sporting of him kimi raikkonen is married <sighs> and i am heartbroken <laughs> basically mintu has subscribed to a lifetime of mumble 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 and raikkonen humor real time raikkonen radio <laughs> that's not too bad <laughs> the other big success story of uh, 2016 especially the rule changes other manual start. So we've seen drivers gain and lose places on the opening lap more than they did last season, which I think is great. Lewis Hamilton is still working on his starts. And I think I read somewhere that in 11 standing starts this season, the pole sitter has held advantage only four times. This means that, uh, you know, these manual starts are mixing up the grid for us. The one car company I'd love to see mix up the Formula 1 grid would be Lamborghini. Of course, they've turned around and said no to Formula 1. It would certainly be really cool to have more of these supercar brands racing in Formula 1. I think this will also bring back the former Ferrari boss Stefano Domenicali to Formula 1. 
He was not so humorous a creature from what I remember. So we can keep him <laughs> we away. We can keep him away. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is that we have back-to-back races to look forward to. And while that means more work for us, Kunal, I think that's a sacrifice we're willing to make for the greater good of Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> it also means a longer-than-usual podcast for us, Mithila. But before we actually talk about Monza, there's something really funny that I forgot to mention and I can't miss. So how did Lewis Hamilton spend his summer break? Apart from the the fake tweets, which we know. (laughs) So he was actually posing with a tiger named Nicole. (laughs) And apparently he's met this same tiger in the past year, twice, named Nicole. Well, Lewis's life is all about Nicole and a Nico. (laughs) Over to Monza then, there is possibility of rain on race day. And uh, apart from that, there are some very interesting statistics which we're going to share with you all. One of my favourite ones is that Fernando Alonso has had six podium finishes in Monza. And that's the highest of anyone on the grid. Though, you know, Kunal, I doubt he will add to this tally on Sunday. Ouch. <laughs> my favourite Statistic as we approach Monza is that Nico Rosberg has never won in Monza before. Now, that is, of course, not news to us because he had never won in Spa as well. So, let's hope that there is always a first comes true for Nico this weekend. And uh, Hamilton and Vettel have won here thrice. And if Lewis Hamilton gets pole, he'll match Fangio and Senna's tally at Monza. And I think this pole statistic for Lewis Hamilton is actually more possible than the race statistic you've just mentioned for Nico Rosberg. (laughs) You know, while we laugh about it, this is also the serious part where I'm going to end the podcast by saying this one thing. There's something about Nico Rosberg, you know, that doesn't let you place your bet on him convincingly. And I'm not sure if that's because of Rosberg himself or because he's up against the ferociously talented Lewis Hamilton. Monza, as we approach it this weekend, will have its own story to tell and we will see you right after. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this really long podcast and enjoy the race in Italy. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can drive change or build an empire. We need a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com.